Welcome to the Farm Beats podcast. Farm Beats is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Beat podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with expert producers and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBeats followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBeats podcast. I'm Camila Rodriguez. And I'm Natasha Almezo, and we are glad to have you with us as we begin our discussion on aerial application technology. In this episode, we had the opportunity to learn with Vinicius Velho, business development representative at Perfect Flight. Tune into this exciting episode to learn more about aerial application. Hello, Natasha. Hello, Camila. Good afternoon. I'm Vinicius. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's really good to talk with you guys and share a little bit about my role and what we've been doing for this industry. So my name is Vinicius Velho. Uh, I'm an agronomist, graduated at Sao Paulo State University down in Brazil. Uh, while I was out there, I had a chance to do internships in entomology, uh, no-till trials, and then plant physiology. In my last year, I had the opportunity to come to UNL to be a student at the university uh, at the PET lab in North Platte, uh, where we worked with uh, pesticide application. And uh, by the end of the internship, I had the opportunity to get a scholarship to be a master's student. Um, so I've done my studies out there, mainly focused on dicamba tank contamination. And right now, um, I'm working with Perfect Flight. So what is an aerial pesticide application and in what agricultural scenarios is it commonly used? So we have seen aerial application being performed in a variety of ways. So mainly to control pests, but also to plant cover crops, for example. Uh, we see farmers down south planting rice, spraying rice, fertilizing rice. The only time that they put a combine, uh, a machinery in the field is to combine the rice. So there is a variety of things that you can be done through an airplane. And now we have these drones coming in the industry too. There is a, a new tool for, for this industry as well. Um, here in the Midwest, we see a lot of herbicide application in pasture. We see a lot of applications on corn, soybeans, or fungicide, a lot of insecticide applications. And also, uh, some guys are using the same planes that we spray crops to control fires as well. So it is a really versatile industry. Uh, this is really nice, really cool to know about this. Well, and since you explained uh, what is aerial pesticide application, so can you talk about Perfect Flight and also the main products and goals? Sure, sure. So Perfect Flight was created in Brazil. Uh, out there, we have a high pressure of pests and diseases, and a lot of the times, farm, uh, crops get sprayed more than once. So for example, in a cotton uh, growing season, it gets sprayed like 15 to 20 times to control pests and diseases. So Perfect Flight was born inside of a farm. This farmer was in a need to understand how his applications were happening. So were they in a good quality, low quality, uh, where his chemicals were going, did, did he had skips in the field that needed to be covered later or not. 
And he couldn't see that by just the black and white maps. So he hired a couple of guys and they started developing perfect flight. So what we do today, we take the logs out of aircraft. So all these aircraft, they generate log files after the flight. We extract them and then we upload in our platform. Our system is like 100% online and we generate KPIs for growers. So growers can see if the applications were with skips, if they had a lot of waste, like chemicals sprayed outside the boundaries, uh, if he needs to take some action of like, okay, uh, I need to put a drone in some of the gaps of my area to spray or not. Um, and this is what Perfect Flight is. Right now, we are present like in big customers down in Brazil and we are expanding to the United States. Our goal is to provide like a transparency to customers. Was my application good? Uh, are, which of my pilots are the good pilots? Which of them can improve a little bit? What is happening with my chemical applications? This is nice. And um, Perfect Flight has some plans to, to go to other countries as well. I don't know, maybe Argentina instead of Brazil and US? Yes, right now, Perfect Flight is expanding to other countries. So U.S. is the first country that we are going with more strength internationally because it has the, the biggest uh, fleet of aircraft in the world. So right now we have 3,500 airplanes in the U.S., 2,500 in Brazil, and in other countries in, in America, like in Latin America, South America, uh, we have an extra 1,000 planes. So it makes sense for us to expand first to the U.S., and then to, to other countries. But we are expanding our products to Central America uh, besides US as well. And uh, talking about quality, can you explain what factors the quality system monitor involve? Yeah, sure. Um, all these aircraft, as I said, like they have these uh, log files. And by the use of our algorithms, we are able to give the customers some KPIs. So the first one is waste which is pretty much straightforward, what was sprayed outside the field boundaries. Error, so how many skips you left uh, on, on your application. So there is some areas that are hard to hit, so that counts as, a, as an error. Um, the uniformity would be how uniform were you able to build your swaps uh, along this spray path, the flight line. And the success rate would be like an overall idea of your whole application. In some of these areas, it is really hard to hit because uh, we have some obstacles. So having a high error rate doesn't mean the application was done poorly. Sometimes it's just really hard to hit several areas. Um, but for example, what these rates tell us? We have a customer in Brazil that once he started analyzing our his logs, he had something around 60% of success rate and his other KPIs were low. So he had, a way, he had not a way to see and tell his pilots like, hey, I need you to improve or there are some other areas that could be improved. Um, by the use of our tool and communicating with his pilots, he was able to bump his success rate from 70% to 90%. So that means like a better crop protection, uh, less waste. So he improved his yield by the end of the day by better using the chemicals that he was already going to spray, but just spraying them better. Okay. And Vinicius, uh, what type of aircraft uh, perfect flight, can I say, analyze? And also, uh, how they differ in terms of capabilities and efficiency? Yeah. 
So their application is a old industry, it has more than 100 years. Um, the first airplane was really adapted to this purpose. But as the years came, people started building planes specific for this reason. So they created planes specific for crop, uh, crop protection. Right now, there are five or six uh, different brands on the market, uh, but the biggest ones are the air tractors and trushes, like biggest in capacity and volume. They can range from like 150 gallons, the small Piper airplanes to 800 gallons, which is the biggest air tractors. There is a big, big difference uh, between the swath that these airplanes can spray, how long they can fly, how many acres they can cover in one flight. Um, but for our tool, what is important for us, we can analyze any kind of logs coming from the airplanes. The only thing that we need is like the GPS that generate these log files. There are several brands on the market. Uh, we pretty much read all of them. Um, this is important to say here, I think it's like uh, these bigger volume aircrafts, these are the ones that are like uh, people are using more often to control uh, fire. So there's a new forefront on research coming from like spray aircraft to control fire. And these higher volume aircrafts are doing a better job. That's really nice and interesting how we can think about other possibilities of using the aircraft and uh, do you think pilots can have the precise pesticide application for from the aircraft oh yes uh, as i told like this industry really has been built over time we have seen these guys flying with human flaggers so there will be one guy in the end of the field a other guy in the end of the field they would be waving a flag and that's where their swap line. Uh, this industry evolved. Right now we have GPS, which can spe specialize a GPS for aircraft, right? They are used to fly on 150 miles per hour, 120 miles per hour at an altitude of like 15 feet. So these guys are flying really low and they need like a special equipment. And um, this equipment get, allows them to set their A line in the one area of the field and their B line in the second area of the field. And this gives them the swath that they need to cover or to follow alongside the area. So these have helped them a lot to increase the accuracy. And also uh, there are other tools, right? Uh, we see like nozzles specializes for air application that you cannot use on ground rigs because there are some other effects that need to happen. So pilots can also follow how many gallons per liter it's going through the nozzles, through the cockpit. So there are several um, equipments that help them to keep the, the best side application uh, efficient uh, during the application. And also before the season starts, these guys go through a series of procedures to calibrate their aircraft to ensure that they're delivering the right swath and doing everything right for the farmers uh, during the season. It's amazing how the technology can help in, the, in this type of operation. And yes improve right the quality mm -hmm. and so after right you you get all the data how the data goes to the farmers and applicators and the the data uh, they can have in a real time and also how they can analyze the all the information that they have yes um there's information, some of part, part of it can be seen on the cockpit. So while you fly, you can check some of these. But uh, on our system, for example, this data can be shared through a link. 
so let's say farmers can have access online to the application on their areas, on their acres. So uh, they can just request from their applicators, like, hey, could I see my applications here? Uh, could I download the layers of the application to put into my farm management platform? Because uh, also, um, our application is kind of a missing link between the whole uh, farming system. So we have like planting data, we have uh, spraying data from ground rigs, we have harvest data, but sometimes we are missing their application layer. And today we are able to give these to customers like, okay, you planted right, you sprayed right, your applicator did a great job. Uh, maybe some of your soil, they gotta be fixed or you have the soil analysis, but you don't have the application analysis. So like what's happening out here? Uh, did something get messed up? Um, so there's another extra layer of data that farmers can see in our platform. And that's beside like all the success rates, how many acres got covered, how many acres got skipped, uh, how was the flow, uh, the flow map on the application during the pilot was spraying for him. So he can even track the flow map of these applications. So you gave us an example of success in Brazil. Do you have an example here in the US where the farmer used the system and got a success application? So right now, um, our customers are aero applicators. Uh, we have a little bit smaller farms in the US and we are focused our efforts right now as a small team, expanding team in aero applicators because they serve several farmers. Um, but what we were able to see is like that the trend of uh, the same trend of data in Brazil happened in the US as a first year customer. So you've seen customers with like a lower success rate, higher uh, waste rate. And as we move progress and we are able to check the pilots, we are going to be able to help them improve the service of their, uh, that they are providing to co-ops, to farmers. So right now, Perfect Flight is indirectly um, working with something around 1,200 farmers. Uh, they might not know that we are there, but we are kind of taking care of their applications for them. And this is nice that you, your uh, company is spreading and then helping farmers around here. Um, and comparing about aerial application and ground-based methods, can you tell us the advantage of using aerial application? Yes. Um, so what we've seen this season uh, in one of the areas that we serve is that like we had a lot of rain in a short period of time and we had to treat with uh, fungicides. Otherwise, the population would just blow up. C farmers were not able to put like a ground rig whenever the soil was really wet. So we had a boom into our application in that area. So that's one advantage. Even if the soil is wet, we can still treat the crops. Another one is the speed that we can treat crops as well, right? If we have a big area to cover in a short period of time, like one airplane can cover 2,300 acres a day, 2,400 acres a day. So it is a lot of ground that airplane can cover. Um, the other benefit that we've seen is like avoiding compaction. Um, since we don't have any contact with the, the ground or with the crop, we are not gonna compact the soil. Also, we have some data online saying that if you spray with an airplane, you might be able to increase your yield by six to 8% just by avoiding stepping over the corn. Uh, soybeans, they're a little more tolerant, so they reduce by three to 5% only. So we still have like avoid compaction, 
uh, we are able to increase the yield uh, by not stepping over beans, running over beans. And um, other thing that we also see is like, since we don't touch the canopy, uh, we don't take the fungi from one part of the field and carry it to another part of the field. So we can reduce a little bit how we spread uh, diseases and even carry seed of weeds from one area to the field to another. So those are the main benefits. Vinicius, I'm thinking now, for example, if a farmer wants to use the aerial uh, application, but this farmer needs to have a specific area, you know, for their plan to, um, how can I say? Land. Land, yes. So here in the U.S., we have uh, airports all over the place. So that's great. Uh, I'm certain that you're going to find an aerial applicator or two around your area. It really doesn't matter where you are. So air application is conducted on the 50 states of the US. So even in Hawaii, uh, it's it's being conducted out there. So there is a lot of air application around companies and uh, especially here in the Midwest, we have pilots that are living in the South that we have so much work here during the month of like late July, August during the corn run that they fly out in our area uh, for like three, four weeks to help the operators around. Um, and then they go back uh, to to their home state. So it is definitely someone around providing air application services. Okay, nice. So it wouldn't be a, how can I say, a challenge or something to not use? No, no, no. Um, if you talk to any agronomist in the area, any retailer in the area, he's going to be able to recommend you uh, some operator around that can treat your fields, that can plant their cover crop if you need to. We have seen a lot of like people, a lot of farmers planting cover crop using airplanes during this late fall right now. So it's becoming more common. And uh, how do factors such as wind speed, altitude and weather conditions affect the success of aerial pesticide application? So the weather condition, they play a really, really big role in aerial application. I mean, Think about it, you're flying like, we avoid spring with a boom high, high boom whenever you're talking about ground application because of the, the, all this weather. Once you go to air application, that's even worse. Uh, you're flying 15 feet, maybe like five feet over the canopy and you're really prone to like drift. So the wind direction is really important. It can carry your small droplets to sensitive areas. Uh, it can cause some harm into neighbor crops, uh, it can really injure some injured crops if you're spraying some herbicide. So the altitude as well, you gotta be something around 25% of the wingspan of the aircraft while spraying. That they say like that's the optimum altitude for, for spraying. Um, you gotta control, let's say your droplet size and you don't want them too small because they can drift. You don't want them too big because they decrease the coverage effect, uh, the, the efficacy of the product. Also, you don't want to spray in a too hot and dry environment because you are already higher. Uh, so you're completely prone to high temperatures and this can evaporate. Sometimes the droplets might not even get to the canopy. Um, smaller droplets are going to evaporate. So you might even lose that chemical. So you got to be really paying, you got to really pay attention to the weather. Uh, it's really common to operators once it gets to like 15 miles, miles per hour of wind. They just say like, nope, I'm done. Uh, I don't want to spray, do a bad job. 
because then in the end of the day, uh, the farmer is going to see what I did. And that's my name on the line. Yeah, you need to be really careful. And yes. the environment that time. And Vinicius, you already mentioned about the use of GPS in, in those operations. So can you explain a little bit more the role of GPS and satellite technology improving the accuracy in the aerial application? Yes. Um, I'm not really familiar with the satellite technology on aerial application. Um, I think that I might not be the best guy to say, to talk about it. But on GPS, yes, what we had like several years ago, we had like right field, but in the wrong, um, sorry, wrong chemical in the right field. Right field, but with the wrong chemical. So farmers were kind of, applicators were kind of getting lost without the GPS on the aircraft. It was easy to spray the wrong field, spray the neighbor instead of spraying the right field. So right now there are tools like Perfect Flight that you can generate the fly map. Uh, flight map on on the website before implementing that in the aircraft. So before going to the flight, you create the polygon online, uploading our tool. We create you the flight map on the right format, and then you can implement that into your aircraft and fly. Uh, and then once you include that in the aircraft, you're going to get to the right field. Um, you're going to input your A, B, and C line, and the GPS is going to guide you if you are on the right speed, keep you in the swath, um, help you to keep in the swath um, and show you if there is, every, everything is, if it's okay. Some of the these GPS, they even record like the height that you're spraying. So you have another information about uh, your application as well. So if you respected the application height. So there are new tools coming to this market as well, like nozzles uh, that are gonna be more efficient in the future as well. Yeah, and talking about safetyness, that is the link to our next question. What safety measures and regulations are in place to protect both the environment and the health of workers and nearby communities during aerial pesticide application? So, yeah, air application, it's ruled by several governments. So before you spray, you need to have an FAA license, and then you got to have your pesticide applicator license uh, from EPA. So it's not as simple as hopping on a plane and start spraying. Uh, these guys are prone to a lot of laws. They got to respect a lot of things. I've met some of these guys and they are really professional guys. You know, uh, they really pride proudly what they do. Um, the NAAA always do some safety videos. They release a lot of technical content for their, uh, for their folks. Uh, every year there are courses in the end of the year for like wire avoid uh, wider and safe, safe and power line avoidance course so how to correctly identify your problems that you might have during the application you know how to safely spray a field how far to get to some areas should you say no to certain jobs because it's too risky um so this industry it's it's really concerned on the health and well-being of their applicators because they work 14 hours a day sometimes during the corn run and doing what they do i think these guys are awesome and they really take serious the the this job um so going back about the nozzles that you mentioned in the area application 
we have. So can you tell a little bit more about the nozzles, the design, and what is the difference if it's compared to the ground-based application, for example? Mm -hmm. So these nozzles, they were developed for this industry. Uh, these guys are spraying at 120 miles per hour. Um, there is no way that we could use the regular nozzles on um, airplanes. So these nozzles are built specifically for air application. Um, they usually have the help of the wind to break the droplets down. Uh, we call that secondary shear. So after the, the stream is released from the nozzle, the wind plays a really big role in breaking those droplets. And then we have a, like a variety of different styles of, no, of uh, nozzles. We have like straight stream nozzles. Uh, we have atomizers. We have a new set of um, of nozzles coming in that they release like a droplet, and this droplet just gets breaking down by the wind. Um, some droplets, some nozzles are more recommended for helicopters. Um, some are more specific to airplanes. So there is a really big variety. Um, and now we even have like a post-modulating uh, boom for airplanes. So we are able to keep the same droplet size all along the application. Uh, these are pretty much what's the newest in our technology is post-modulating nozzles. So these guys are able to efficiently spray some areas. They might change the droplet size in some corners, which they are more prone to drifts, let's say, and still keep like a good and efficient job uh, controlling the pests. And Vinicius, since you work with aerial application in some way, what do you think about the drones in the market? Yeah, um, drones are a new tool in the tool belts of applicators, uh, retailers. They are not as efficient as airplanes yet. Um, they really fly for 15, 20 minutes, then they got to recharge get some more chemical in. They have a payload of five gallons, uh, so lower carrying capacity. However, uh, I'm excited for the future of drones. Um, right now, they are complementary to air application, in my view. They treat little smaller areas, uh, but we have new tools coming in in the market that gets me excited. Uh, we have the first autonomous vehicles, uh, fixed wing vehicles just being approved by FAA, which can carry like 150 gallons and fly without a pilot. So I think that the next years are gonna be really exciting for this industry. Uh, and we're gonna have a lot to learn for coming from drones too. And especially in the pesticide application area too, right? They are not airplanes, they are not ground rigs, they are their own area of research, which we, in my opinion, we still gotta understand and study a little more yeah and about helicopters and fixed wing aircraft um what would be the limitations and challenges when we talk about aerial application so helicopters they are usually a little smaller than fixed wing uh they can carry a payload a little smaller um However, they can fit into some fields better than others um, because of this reduced speed that they have. And also like you can carry a truck in the field and recharge a helicopter in the field. So you don't need to fly it back to the airstrip to refuel the helicopter. 
but it's less productive. The productivity of the, the helicopter is lower than an aircraft, but it has their own uh, space and they are a great tool as well. Fixed wing, they tend to cover more area in less time because they fly faster and um, they tend to do better job or be more efficient in fields that are kind of ours fields in Nebraska, right? Squared, uh, long fields, flat. Um, we have seen a lot of helicopters doing a lot of work in the coast. So we see a lot of helicopters down in California, Washington, Oregon, uh, in those, those areas that product, uh, product a lot of uh, crops, uh, high value crops. Yeah, it's interesting. The difference, we have a lot of options, but each one has their benefits and concerns as well. And uh, talking about the concept of variable rate technology, what is the relation with the aerial application? Yeah, um, so variable rate has been kind of slow in adoption in aerial application. Uh, I've seen some guys talking about it, but I haven't seen much people actually using it. Uh, it is possible, but I haven't seen a lot of guys using it. I have seen way more people doing variable rate technology on drone applications. So they tend to do, let's say, applications with fertilizer or some chemicals uh, using VRT on drones, but I haven't seen that often on airplanes. Uh, so Vinicius, can you tell uh, your opinion about what type of research um, could be done to improve aerial pesticide application? So right now we have some more nozzles coming to the market. I think that they are worth uh, studying and investigating. Um, we have more adjuvants that can be still studied. Uh, but the good part is our air application has been already studied like uh, a lot. We do have a lot of data. It's an industry with a lot of years. Uh, it's well known. It has a big footprint. So we already learned a lot um, on the air application side. What we've been studying and researching in our area a lot is um, carrier volume on some diseases, you know, how to control some new pests or in new areas that we haven't seen yet. There is a lot of research between drones and aircraft. So which one is better, like let's say chemical penetration, um, if efficacy, you know, what's the place for the drone, how they compare to a, a manned aircraft application. Uh, I think there is a lot of space out there still to be grown in this sector, you know, like one versus the other, which one is the best? Uh, how can we still improve drone design and application? Um, I think that's a big area of, of research. And uh, talking about the future, what are you looking forward to the changes in aerial application with all what you've seen in the market today? I'm really excited for the future of the area that we are at. Um, I think that there's a lot of good things to come. Uh, whenever we started this industry like 100 years ago, these guys just adapted a plane with a duster to drop like a pounded insecticide. Uh, right now, we already have like post-modulating nozzles uh, to keep the droplet size flying 120 miles per hour. We have GPS that is specialized for this area. 
we have like farm uh, air application management platforms, so just like perfect flights and other tools that help air applicators to keep track of all their data. Uh, these guys are providing data to their farmers, but I'm excited for the, the, the next years to come, the new technologies such as autonomous flying vehicles. Uh, we have drones with bigger and bigger payloads with like 150 liters or I think it's like 180 gallon tank. So it is really growing fast. Uh, we need like qualified people for this area. Um, I'm really excited for what holds the future of this industry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so Vinicius was really nice to learn more about aerial application in perfect flight. So if our listeners want to learn more about the industry and what what you are doing, um, can you share with us any website or your contact so our listeners can contact? Sure. Um, if the guys are interested on the industry as an air application, the NAAA website, so the National Agricultural Aviation Association website, has a really, really in-depth um, story of this industry. You can read from where it started uh, up to where we are right now. Uh, it is really well documented. But if they want to learn more about like what I do in Perfect Flight, uh, they contact us through the Facebook, Instagram, uh, follow us on LinkedIn. That's where the company is at. Uh, just drop us a line and then we are going to be in touch with you. Um, okay, I think that's the easiest way to contact us. Perfect. And is there anything we didn't talk about today that you might want to add or mention to share with our listeners? I think that we covered a good amount of ground. Uh, I just wanted to say that I've heard of, like some farmers talking like, well, they are not comfortable with air applications. They cannot see the swaths just like they do in their tractor or their, their sprayers. Well, like there are some guys taking care of that for you. You know, that is a really serious industry. These guys are doing their best to cover the acres uh, from their farmers. And I think there is a really safe industry to say, bet your money on controlling the pests, you know, just hire these guys they are professionals they know what they do uh they are not messing around they they are really technical people in this industry so trust on these guys they are really good yeah well so moving to the last question of your interview as a tradition here in the farm beats uh, podcast we ask for a piece of advice so do you have any advice for anyone that is interested in working with aerial uh, application yeah um so air application is kind of a smaller industry it's not as big as like ground application and we still need people everywhere uh, especially right now with the drones coming in the toolbox for for uh farmers so we need people on the operation side right on the daily routine of getting planes ready to go uh flying the planes being the guy on the office controlling everything, there are a lot of opportunities out there. On the marketing area, sales area, there is always people, companies looking for new people to join their team. Um, and now with all this drone boom, if you'd like to be a researcher, you know there's still a lot to be learned on the research side as well. There's a lot of research going on comparing airplanes to drones. So there is a lot of opportunity out there. Um, is just finding kind of where you would like to fit in this industry. 
and searching for it because I'm sure that you're going to find there is a lot of opportunities growing and popping up every day. Thank you very much to Vinicius Velho for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting to hear about how aerial application can impact not only pesticide application, also other fields as cover crops. One of my favorite parts of this episode is how perfect flight technology can increase the quality of application with a monitor system. I agree, but I also like it when he talks about the benefits of our aerial application in reducing soil compaction and the decrease of plant damage. I hope you enjoyed that episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week on Farm Beats. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Beats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or whenever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email on Twitter or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank you, Nebraska Extension, for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agriculture community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the host and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to join us next week to another episode of Farm Beats. Thank you.